Today we are facing some of the greatest challenges of our lives, from our health to political unrest, the environment, financial uncertainty, and the nation's racial divide. Welcome to Bill Myers Inspires. My idea for this show was to invite guests and get the conversation started, to take a deep dive into the issues that impact our world with an eye to exploring solutions. And we encourage our listeners to look within themselves to take decisive action to make a positive difference. Welcome, 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 everyone. This is Bill Myers, your host of Bill Myers Inspires. I am so excited to be here today. This is my very first show, and I am just as excited to have this particular guest with me today. Um, we are listening to the Inspired Choices Network, and I thank them for all of their assistance in getting me ready for today. And today's topic is about how to combat racism, uh, something that is plaguing uh, not only the United States of America, but is calling into question many of our social norms uh, throughout the world, uh, starting with the George Floyd incident, which was merely... I believe, the tipping point, the straw that broke the camel's back and opened up a far broader dialogue. So with me today is my very special guest, and I would like to tell you a little bit about him. His name is Dixon D. White. He is an American YouTube personality, actor, filmmaker, and anti-racist activist whose videos discuss racism in the American South. Dixon White opened his YouTube account in April of 2015 and received media attention after he uploaded a video entitled I'm a Redneck, I Love America on April 4th of that same year. In the video, he claims that he was formerly a racist but changed his viewpoint while attending college in Savannah, Georgia and witnessing his African-American roommate being harassed and arrested by police. Other videos show White commenting on the shootings of unarmed African-American men, and commenting on how North America was built for white people, claiming, we created a culture and a system of white supremacy that has benefited us for 400 years. In an interview with The Root, White claimed that he was a racist most of his life due to an abusive upbringing. He now challenges other white people to talk about white supremacy on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my supreme pleasure to invite my friend and brother from another mother, Brother Dixon White. Welcome. Hey, Bill. How you doing? Man, I'm doing just fine. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I, man, I'm so pleased that you could join me on this very first outing. It means a lot to me. Me too. Absolutely. Honored to be well, here. Man, Oh, man. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. So I would like to start. Let's just jump right in this thing. I want to start with just sort of asking you some questions here to try to get this thing going. So, Dixon, what is racism to you? Well, uh, you know, in my opinion, is white people are kind of racially illiterate, so you might be asking the wrong person, but... <laughs> I could kind of give you my <laughs> my white version, I guess, and what I've learned from listening uh, to you guys, to people of color, to brown and black folks, you know. So, but you know, I guess what sure. I've learned from you guys is that um, 
you know, racism is a lot of things. It, it's um, systemic, it's cultural, um, institutional, but um, culturally racism uh, is more than just, you know, um, than overt. It's more than just KKK. It's more than just, you know, the N-word. Uh, in my opinion, uh, of course, in my opinion, in America, white supremacy is racism, and that's what operates here. Nobody lives under black or brown supremacy. So you always say that white supremacy is the power structure here, obviously. Um, white people are not oppressed by any sort of supremacy. That's just a reality, and it's a reality that white people struggle with. But um, I guess going back to the cultural thing, uh, it's more than just the KKK. It's more than just overt racism, obviously. It's also silence uh, that a lot of white people mm. are in the habit of of sort of, um, you know, mentality, uh, of silence, of uh, denial, of delusion, of uh, all the things that, you know, apathy, racially I'm referring to, and white fragility, mm -hmm. and all these things that I've talked about for years and years and years. But that's another part of how white racism or white supremacy is supported. But a lot of white people yeah. think that it's just, you know, I don't say the N-words, so I'm okay. So my, what I've been saying to folks is for a long time is, uh, not being racist is not enough. You have to be anti-racist because if you're not, then you're perpetuating the problem. You know, you're you're not you're not helping the cause. So, so I've asked everybody to take some perpetuating. Sure, and and I think sometimes even uh, you know passively, aggressively, and and even consciously. I think you know, but there's a lot of denial involved in it also. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I suppose you were the right person to ask that question. It seemed like you had something to say about it. <laughs> well, which is why you're here, my brother. Now, so, so, so now here's the here's something I want to follow up with, which is, and you you just sort of did a roundhouse on the whole topic of racism, and 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 that that was fine. However, I wanted to sort of back up just a little bit and say, how how do I know if I'm a racist? I mean, how would I consciously be aware of that? Um, how would you be aware of that? Yeah, I guess that's a good question. I think the problem is um, is cultural. Uh, white people are taught to be racist. I was taught to be racist. I was brought up using the N-word. So, you know, I, I was mm -hmm. uh, where we lived in Waverly, Tennessee, we referred to um, – the black community as inward holler, uh, and I never, ever, ever questioned that until mm -hmm. I was older. Until it's about really until it's about eighteen or nineteen, I never even questioned the morality of that. Uh, you know, but so that's the problem. Indoctrination. We're all taught that racism and white supremacy is the norm, and that's exactly the problem. We live in a white supremacist society, as you know, and uh, so that's that's the problem. I'm trying to deprogram us. I'm trying to get the truth and some, you know, the same thing that you guys have been saying for 500 years, I'm just repeating to my people because they don't want to listen to black people because of racism. They don't want to listen to black mm -hmm. folks and brown folks when they say the exact same things that I'm saying. So I haven't said anything original. Uh, I haven't said anything special. I'm just saying the same things y'all said, but it fell on deaf ears. So I say yeah. it because white people are more comfortable, unfortunately, listening to me because I'm white. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, it's so it's so very interesting. Um, I was talking with a fellow musician 
uh, here in Indianapolis some time ago, and I had always thought, me personally, always thought that, uh, and and my relationships with music, uh, I think I had I kind of got falsely led there for a while because I actually thought that uh, or or convinced myself to think that racism really wasn't a part of like musicians because we speak in a whole other type of a language and there's such a camaraderie and in this conversation with a fellow musician he came to me it was a white gentleman and he came to me and reminded me of the entire other culture of musicians that aren't even in my sphere you know that that are, I don't interact with at all and and it reminded me that that there is that it does exist i just had sort of yeah. you know uh uh, pampered myself or, or, or convinced myself otherwise. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it does exist. And uh, that, that was my little epiphany about a week ago. Um, wow. So, it, yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting because they're not a part of my sphere. So, they, yeah. they obviously, it doesn't exist because they're not a part of my sphere. And uh, so, you know, very interesting, man. Um, so... Now here here's here's something I want to to get into real quick and that is can you name in, in in what ways has racism affected blacks in what ways do you see it affecting black people in this country and abroad for that matter yeah um well i mean there's all the obvious things you know um well all all the racial disparities in every institution in America, from employment to education to our justice system, police brutality, uh, the murder of unarmed black people at three times more than whites that are unarmed, uh, mass incarceration, I mean, just redlining, the generational wealth, the wealth gap. I mean, there's so many endless, endless things. It's every fabric of our, our being, and sadly, and, you know, that's not mentioned the cultural effect. I mean, you can't even go online um even in some of my videos on YouTube, you'll see people come. I block them, but you'll see people come on and say the N word and call me names. And so, I mean, it's everywhere, uh, and, and it's really, really unfortunate. And it's even the other problem is gaslighting. Uh, white people and even our government now. Trump is gaslighting right now. Trump is currently, uh, along with his staff, gaslighting black and brown folks. They're saying that uh, Black Lives Matter is a some kind of a. I think he said. Don't quote me, but I think you said a terrorist organization or something like that. I mean, you know, white yeah, people have yeah. always, yeah, white people have always gaslit black folks by pretending that their complaints are not real. That pretending that our white supremacy is just a figment of their imagination. And that's incredibly, incredibly frustrating for black and brown folks to have to hear that and to deal with that. It's frustrating for me, and I'm white. So I can't imagine what it must feel like to you and other other people of color. You know, it's got to be enraging at times. You know, yeah. just the way white people treat people of color. It, to me, it's it's disgusting and repulsive, and it has to stop. Well, it's very interesting. I was talking about uh, recently. Uh, um, there was an incident that had happened with me that was uh, dealing with an Emmy award that I actually had won a number of years ago, but I was never contacted by the committee to even know that I was even nominated. (laughs) And, and, and I cannot believe that that was accidental because there are too many people that whose hands touch those types of processes. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like not only the, the people who nominate, but then there's, you know, tons of people who are voters 
And then you have, of course, the event planners and so on and so forth. So the fact that this could go and and I suddenly felt like I was uh, like it was an intentional slight or something. And that really kind of hurt me to my core, <laughs> to be honest with wow, you, man. because yeah. it didn't make any sense. And only very recently, after 32 years, was I able to sort of correct that issue and address it face on, you know, face it down. And that was only mm-hmm. because we found ourselves in this lockdown uh, as a result of the COVID-19. Um, so it it, it well, afforded me an opportunity yeah. to do some great soul searching, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and sort of... Uh, uh, exercise some of those demons that were lurking in my closet for years, you know, that I w- avoided, wow. you know, so, yeah, yeah. So, so it's very empowering when you can do that, when you can shine the light on those dark spaces, uh, because then it's no longer a mystery. It's no longer frightening. It no longer is tearing at my soul. You understand yeah, what that's I mean? Wonderful. Yeah. I'm glad you found some peace. You know, I can, I can, yeah, I, I can feel you on that. I mean, not from a racial point of view, but from other personal things, you know, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you have, um, you know, you've got, you've done some pretty amazing things. I want to, to look at your sort of trajectory. Um, uh, now when did you exactly step out with your first video? On uh, YouTube? Well, you know, I, I got a, I got to say this, Bill, I don't feel like I've done anything amazing, to be honest, because I just feel like I've only said what is only decent. So I don't look at what I'm doing as amazing or, you know, anything special, because really I haven't said anything that that all white people should be saying. What I'm saying should be the norm. It's sad that when a white person actually says something racially that's true, it becomes a phenomenon. That is an indication of how bad that it actually is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I shouldn't yeah. be, I shouldn't be known because I simply spoke the truth and I'm white. It, it, this should be the norm. The things that I'm saying, all white people should be should should know and should be saying, and and that's the problem. So, but I don't consider anything I've said or done amazing. I just consider myself doing the part, and I encourage other white people to do the part. But I just want to say that first. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're fine. But but you know, and and as much as you are correct that that should be the norm. Um, it is also very telling that it isn't the norm. And mm-hmm. there was something in you that was exceptional, that stood out uh, on, on faith, trust, uh, or, or need. Something within you said, I've got to say something. And you mm-hmm. did. And it ignited uh, a movement, essentially. I mean, you were mm-hmm. able to, to attract a lot of attention very fast because the the comments about you were just simply uh man uh there's this white dude saying these things i mean mm-hmm. even that was circulating in you know the african american community mm-hmm. it was just like he's he is saying these things and what mm-hmm. and and so what what that points out is the absence of those things that should have been said like you like you just stated but it is uh, certainly pretty courageous because I'm sure that uh, that has not gone without, uh, you know, threats of bodily harm and things like that to you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that someone has threatened you because of what stand you are taking and the truth that you are speaking. Yeah, I've been through some, uh, I'll be honest, some scary times in the beginning. I, 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 and I had no idea the first video I made was going to go viral. So I didn't really see any of this coming, you know, and then, 
I didn't expect for anybody. I thought maybe a couple of people might see it, and then it went viral, and to my surprise. And so I got all this crazy attention, both negative and positive, and it was scary, man. And I went through cyberbullying and all kinds of crazy stuff. But, it, you know, but it, it, you know, it's just part of it, man. And I think the reason that I'm passionate about it, it has a lot to do with um, – with trauma as a, as a kid. And I, I just, I went through so much abuse as a kid, man. And then again, I got bullied in college and I just developed a genuine hatred for bullies. And then I had my mm-hmm. roommate, uh, Roy Rudder, who I've mentioned many times in 1990 in college. And I saw him get bullied by the Savannah police department and other racist white people in Savannah. I saw him get arrested twice in Savannah, Georgia, literally for being black. And uh, it freaked me out, and it woke me up. And and Roy, who we're still best friends today, uh, I talked to him yesterday. And this is, I don't know, since 1990 we've been friends. But I have a lot to thank for him for opening up my eyes and for being willing to teach me as a really incredibly ignorant white boy from Tennessee in 1990. I mean, he was just – and we're still best friends. So I have a lot to thank him for, really, for, for waking me up. And, uh, the passion comes sure. from um, – I think from a lot of the, 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 the hatred I have for prejudice and bigotry and because I realized when I was 19 that all the shit I went through as a kid was directly mm-hmm. related to bigotry and prejudice. And that's what put wow. the fire in me. That's what keeps my fire going. I can't stand to see people to be bullied. I just hate it. I hate a damn bully, man. And I can't stand yeah, to see but- my own people bully black and brown folks. So. Wow. So, so you, so you're being bullied as a young person, um, and and growing up in that kind of environment, along with the the racist, uh, you know, language and so on and so forth that you grew up in, uh, cultivated a an empathy within you, absolutely, uh, to, to be absolutely. able to understand what it's like to be uh, to be uh, um, handled and treated unfairly and 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 bullied. Wow. Absolutely, it did. It did, and also there's a, you know, white people have always thought white supremacy is helping them somehow, and all it's done is screw up our lives. Uh, it's toxic. It's dysfunctional. Um, it's living a lie. Uh, it's not helpful. Um, look at our our president right now. In, in my opinion, he's he's the reason that we have the highest deaths by large margins in anywhere in the world. We have the highest cases right now. We've had most cases of in, in the history of the pandemic anywhere on the planet uh, yesterday. And, and to me, mm. Trump has mismanaged this pandemic because he's a narcissistic, selfish asshole. Excuse my language, but that's <laughs> what he is. And, and if white America hadn't been so damn desperate to have a white supremacist in office after a black president, they had to have a racist president after a black president at any cost. In my opinion, yeah, that's why we're yeah, in this you know, mess that we're in now. You know, one yeah. of the most disgusting uh, events, and I, I don't talk very much about the occupant of the White House because uh, mm-hmm. I can't dignify that in any way uh, as a, an official office holder. Uh, he's, a, he's a clown. So, but but the mm-hmm. one of the most disgusting things that uh, happened very early on that caught my attention, and it may have escaped many was when he was um, uh, uh, renovating and, and redecorating the White House. It, it, it felt like they were fumigating it. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I mean? Exactly. Like they yep. moved out, and it was like, we must you know, uh, get rid of mm-hmm. the ick 
that these black people yeah. brought in here. I mean, it was very disgusting uh, to me, and mm-hmm. I could not. Uh, yeah, that that was the turnoff. Probably the one single thing um, among many that really yeah. rubbed me quite wrong. Um, Absolutely. Beside yeah. every Absolutely. every action of him, in it has been to erase anything Obama, mm-hmm. anything Obama. Yep. Yep. No doubt. Incredible. 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 So yeah. So you, as you mentioned, you know, talking about um, uh, sort of the the misinformation that whites often. Get because of course black people aren't in the history books, right? I, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> their accomplishments really are not celebrated or, or spoke of. There was a gentleman that called me one day, um, and a white gentleman. He was he was very very upset. He was huffing and puffing, and I said, "Hey man, what's going on?" He said, "Man, I've been lied to my whole life." He said, "I have been completely lied to. It's like all been a con." I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Man, the only accomplishment of a black person that I ever even heard of." Uh, uh, as far as any sort of innovator or anything like that, was George Washington Carver and the peanut thing. He said, but other than that, that was it. I mean, that was it, as if that was a single only contribution that he ever learned about in the entirety of his education process. And he said, man, I've been lied to. I'm starting to find out that black people really have done things. I'm starting to find out that they've been very significant in the entire, you know, in every aspect of this nation. Mm-hmm. And he was terribly upset, man, that he, it's like he woke up one day and went, it's all been a lie. It's all been a lie. Oh. That's powerful. I wish more white people could, could could have that realization, man. That's really powerful, though. You know? Wow. Yeah. You know, so I started trying to send him links and things to try to, you know, feed mm-hmm. feed his, his curiosity uh, and, and his desire to learn something. So, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's, it's it's a sad state, man. It's a sad state in our educational system. And uh, Bill, I've always said, and so is Jane Elliott, um, you know, another uh, lady who does this work. Um, she's always said that if we could just educate our children, there might be a chance, you know, to to put a big dent in white supremacy. And I believe that if we could just teach the truth in in you know in schools to our to all the children, you know, like anti racism one on one, the real history. Not the revisionist whitewashed history, the real hard truth about what colonialization did, what, you know, the Roman Catholic Church did, and what Europeans mm. did to indigenous people, the Black Holocaust, everything. The whole truth and all the, the innovators and, and creative geniuses and, and all people of color that have contributed to all of our society, they might have a chance, you know, but I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> but if it did happen, we might have a chance to change things because there has to be a reprogramming, and there never has been. Mm. You know, so, yeah, that's true. But, that's so very, very true. Man, it's incredible. It's really incredible. So yeah. I wonder, I wonder how we go about that. Uh, you know, we've had all the protests as a result of the George Floyd uh, incident, which is, you know, it it it, it was a. a, a, a a reaction, a very strong reaction against this this act that was witnessed by mm-hmm. everyone. You know what I mean? And it, and it resonated mm-hmm. around the world. And certainly the narrative moved far past uh, uh, police brutality issues and things like that. It moved to the whole enchilada. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so and and it was very powerful to see. Uh, 
other cultures, Argentina, uh, soccer players, uh, people in China, uh, people in Australia, all dealing with mm-hmm. the black people problem uh, that seem to be, you know, very much on the same line as our problems in America. Um, I saw the um, the uh, prime minister of, of Canada who went on and spoke about, you know, the fact that they have some issues. You know what I mean? They've got some some work to do as well with regards to the black population. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's pretty incredible, you know, just to know that um, that it, it resonated so deeply. So, with, you know, let's uh, let's take a break right now and take a breather. And then we can come back here in just a few minutes. You are listening to Bill Myers Inspires right here on the Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You're listening to Bill Myers Inspires here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And now, let's get back to the conversation. We're back. Thank you for joining us this afternoon on my debut uh, Bill Myers Inspires show. Uh, I want to thank the team at Inspired Choices Network. Uh, they have done a fantastic job of sort of holding my hand and walking me through this process. And I'm so grateful to have met them and to to uh, receive their guidance. So thank you guys so very much. Uh, I would like to share a quote that I came across and this is by one of my absolute favorite uh, American figures, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and it is, the ultimate measure of a person is not where one stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where one stands in times of challenge and controversy. Martin Luther King Jr. We are here today with my special guest, Mr. Dixon White. Dixon? Let's yes, carry on, my friend. Let's carry on. So we right. we have many, many things that we are, are contending with. And again, as I was speaking before the break, I was talking about how we've had such a powerful reaction. Now, what's very interesting here is that as we have a powerful reaction, um, that, again, all the protests and, and the sustained protests, I mean, that are still taking place all over the country, all over the world, I don't think this thing is going anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen, uh, you know, Oprah Winfrey and 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 many folks and uh, on TV are having the discussion of, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And so 
what I've always found to be the case is that a reaction is fine, um, but what's most important is when, okay, you've got my attention. Now I'm going to ask you, what do you want? And now's the important, the most important thing, which is how do you respond to that? I found uh, uh, the... Uh, uh, minister, I cannot recall his name right now, who is picking up the mantle from Dr. King's Poor People's Campaign, uh, uh, Reverend Dr. William Barber, that's it. And he was in a panel uh, that Oprah was holding for a couple of days, Where Do We Go From Here, I think it was, and it had celebrities, ministers, all kind of you know uh, educators and everything. And I heard a lot of response that seemed to be reasonably similar. But what, what struck me was he said, okay, okay, okay. The, my, the, the problem and the main concern that I have at this time is that black people may not ask for enough. That was strong. That was yes. strong. And so as, as we are investigating this, this notion of racism, white supremacy, and, and all of that, what steps can uh, what are in in your mind uh, logical steps that we can take um you cited many of the things from education from institutional racism uh from the uh the the passive aggressive nature of it it's not my problem i never owned any slaves you know all of the exactly, above yeah. you know mm -hmm. um how how do we move to a a a a meaningful way to address moving forward, what would you say, Dixon? Honestly, I, I don't know, man. I I don't know. Uh, all I know is I just do my little part. Uh, you know, we all try to use whatever we have to uh, use my platform to try to reach white people and to try to educate white people. Um, you know, but I, I'm just glad, like you said, the movement happened. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. And it's been one of the biggest movements in all the world in many, 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 many years. So it's been a powerful movement, and I was so happy because I've been dreaming of the day when I would see white people, um, you know, marching with, with black folks and, and being activists right. and taking a stand. And I've been asking white America to do this for many, many, many years. Um, so I don't know. I hope that um, this leads to something that's lasting, something that's significant, something that's meaningful. Uh, we've had, you know, a lot of different things happen, you know, with monuments and flags changing and sports and all kinds of things and hopefully some policies. Uh, but I think policies is a big, big part of this. And then, of course, a cultural shift. Uh, races have to be held accountable. But also white people have to stop being, as I've said, silent. We have to get involved um, and we have to take kind of a proactive approach. We We have to dismantle this system um, that benefits us at the degradation of other people, you know. So we have to do something. And, and I've always asked white people to do three things. I've just asked white people to, number one, acknowledge, and that's a big one because, sadly, most white people in America cannot even acknowledge the damn problem. They're so caught mm. up in, in, defensive, in defensiveness that they can't even acknowledge the damn problem. And 
a so perfect example of that, Dixon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hold on, let me yeah. let me chime in there because a perfect example yeah. of that, and an amazing example of that, which we've mm-hmm. seen if you've been watching the news and all, and it's just the idea of people saying even uh, Mike Pence got caught with this, and it mm-hmm. was just say Black Lives Matter. I just need you to say mm-hmm. that, and, and the response is, well, all yeah. lives matter. It, 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 you can't even say <laughs> Black Lives Matter. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I, I mean that that's something, man. And so that's a that's a clear example of something that I've seen yeah. uh, that is it, just it, it's, something wicked about it. You know what I mean? Something pretty wicked. Well, about it's that. gaslighting. It, it's gaslighting too. It's, yeah. Not only is it denial and and you know defensiveness and all that, but it's also gaslighting that they want to. They want to try to tell black people that their reality is not real. And that's a, that's a horrible, horrible thing for anybody to have to put up with. But yeah, man, our president, uh, most of his staff, you know, are all a bunch of racists. And, uh, so, but anyhow, yeah, man, but I've asked him to do three things. Simply acknowledge, take action, and educate other white people. Those are three things I think all white people have responsibility to do. And in the, in those three things, that could be a lot of different things. But those are three things that all white people, I think, as the benefiters of white supremacy have a responsibility to do. And, and, you know, and the goal is to dismantle the system and the culture of white supremacy, you know, that we live in. But as far as an answer, I have no idea. You know, well, well, that's a good start. That's a good start, man, because that was, that's my, that's my, uh, was, was sort of my final big question, which is what steps can we take to combat racism? And I think you just, we're, we're, we're leading down that path, you know. Um, I just got a note here just a minute ago from one of our callers, and it says, as a white privileged woman, I feel like I need guidance on how to contribute to the change that's required moving forward. What would you say to that, mm-hmm. Dixon? Uh, I think that's uh, very, very important. Uh, and I've learned a lot from black folks like you, Bill. Uh, you, you've taught me a lot too, man, especially about... I remember many conversations we had about um, policy and, you know, legislation and things like that. I learned a lot from you. But um, I have um, seven steps that I, I give out to white people that I, I've been told is helpful, and I would be happy to okay. uh, try to get that out if I can in some way. But seven steps, and uh, the seventh step to the whole thing besides the, you know, the, the, the what I said was acknowledge, take action, and educate, the other, the, the last step, is do it in the right way. Uh, know that, number one, black people may not trust you. Uh, know that we are not saviors. Uh, know that you don't do this for glory. You don't do this for fame. You do this for a love for humanity. You do this because you care about doing the right thing. Uh, so, But I have a whole list of things like that that I think are really, really important for white people to understand. So I would be happy to share well, them uh, yeah. yeah, let's uh, let's unpack that. Let's unpack that right now. Let's since we're there, let's just mm-hmm. take a slow, take a slow because we need folks yeah. to, to retain this, you know. So sure. the floor is yours. Well, I don't have it in front of me. It's kind of technical. Some of it, believe it or not. No, that's but okay. uh, and just okay. like I said, I, 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 the, the problem is is getting people to the point of acknowledgement, and and my steps are not about that. I don't know how I honestly don't know how white people get to the point to where they can simply acknowledge things. But if you can get to the point of acknowledging the truth, then um, I recommend that you uh, try to to make friends with people of color, brown and black folks. And then after you do that, 
You have to put away all your stereotypes before you make friends with them, obviously. Put away your ignorance. Put away your stereotypes about and your notions and, and preconceived ideas that you've been trained, you know, by a racist society about black folks and brown folks. Put all that shit away and just listen if they want to talk to you. They're not, they're not obligated to teach us anything. But if they're willing to help, listen to them. Listen to their reality and let them teach you. Uh, and then um, start taking action. You know, whatever that might be, it, it could be being an activist, it could be um, writing a book, uh, but but be open, be vocal, and take action and hold other white people accountable for racism. And, and that includes people that are silent, you know, and that includes all that defensiveness and all that apathy and all that, that, that you know, delusion and all that, the racial stereotypes, all that shit that white people do, we have to hold each other accountable. We can't let it slide. Um, and then, of course, you know, like I said, pass it on, educate, teach other white people. But, you know, it's just about being proactive and making a decision and a commitment to do it. Uh, so that, that's the problem. But, and then, of course, like I said, do it in the right way. Um, you know, like I just said, uh, you know, we don't do this um, for glory. We don't, we don't do this to be a savior or a hero. We're not saving black people. If anything, we're saving our own asses. Uh, I've never looked at what mm. I'm doing as helping black folks as much as I'm looked at it helping white people. Because uh, this shit, when you buy into the notion of white supremacy, it's incredibly um, toxic and dysfunctional, like I said earlier. And, and it's uh, destructive. And usually uh, it'll wind up being self-hate. Uh, it'll, it'll reverse. So it, it's in our best interest to do this, not just, we're not doing this for black people. We're doing this for humanity. It helps everybody. Right. You know what I mean? And it helps our nation. It helps the world. Uh, because truth is truth and lie is a lie. And when you live a lie, uh, it, it's incredibly, um, it can be, it can be evil and destructive. And, and I think that's one reason why we're in the situation right now with this pandemic. Because, uh, white supremacy is, um, a major force here in this nation. And if it wasn't, then we wouldn't have this, crazy psychotic narcissist leading us into a you know uh, a destructive path of of hell <laughs> with this pandemic mm. you know because right. Right. racism is basically social narcissism institutional narcissism and that's exactly who we have as president we have a narcissist so it all makes sense right mm. <laughs> it's a reflection of who we are as a country and it's sad and it's sick yeah yeah you, you you definitely brought a chuckle out in me when you when you say you know that makes sense and you're referring to the occupant of the White House. There's nothing there that makes any sense at all. So I mean, right. it's at least worth a chuckle. But but uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you, man. I really do hear you. And um, yeah, you know, it's so it's so very interesting because I think that that um, a lot of people have uh, an inner awareness that something is wrong. White people. Um, something is wrong and are looking for the right way, the right safe way of stepping out and being able to acknowledge the thing that they know. But it just, you know what I mean? It, 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 I think that because you keep talking about the silence and I think that some people are, are, are just in, in need of guidance truly or, or a way where it feels safe for them to come out and say the thing just say it you know what i mean so um and the reason i wanted to to talk to talk about that for a minute is because 
you initiated something that was pretty doggone huge, man. And I, I just want to give you your props. Um, and would you tell us about what your uh, request was or the movement you started on YouTube that just really took off um, and and ignited a lot of activity? Um would you tell us about that with with the selfie video thing mm-hmm. because that really took off and we were talking you and I were talking around the time that you were sort of formulating that you know when you first started that and mm-hmm. you know we <laughs> you know yeah I remember and yep. I was I remember I was into like you know well what's the next step you know what I mean what's the next step but mm-hmm. but you're onto something because that first step which is self awareness the first step it's so very important, and maybe, uh, admittedly, I, I I may not have given that as much credit as I should have at the time. Um, but it took off. Tell us about that. Tell us about that, and tell us about how many people wound up participating in that. Oh, I, I have no idea, man. How many people? But um, you know, yeah, it was a little bit of a, a movement on, on online, and we're using social media to to start a conversation about race and to get white people involved and to just simply have a conversation about race and to talk about all the things that, that white people don't want to talk about. So I was just encouraging white people to, hey, make a video, you know, and let's have this conversation. And they did. And it was pretty powerful uh, just to hear white people finally speak the damn truth or to even just have an open conversation about it, you know, and, and we need more of that. You know, we need white people just to wake up and, and talk about things, you know, without defensiveness, without fragility, without, you know, apathy, and try to open up your hearts a little bit, you know, and to uh, talk about things that are real, you know. So I was well, happy than, that, that people a, had that conversation. Yeah. Well, well, more than the conversation, these were monologues. I mean, these were people mm-hmm. first coming to terms with their own self uh, as Absolutely. a participant. Yep. And that's Absolutely. powerful, man, because... If you can't get the self in order, then you know there's nothing to talk about in the dialogue. Yeah, you know what I mean. It I think that's a key. You. I think that's a that's a key right there, man. I think you're right. I think we have to be humble and willing to admit our own contribution to white supremacy. And once you can do that, then you can start the acknowledgement part and move on from there. But I think it's a good point, Bill. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. yeah, well, that's what struck me as so powerful with that because you had people bearing their souls into their, mm-hmm. you know, iPhones and whatnot and into their computer screens, uh, mm-hmm. uh, laid bare. I mean, well, it wasn't, very powerful. It wasn't. I don't. I don't see it as me. I see it as them. But uh, maybe I, I helped encourage them or influence them in some way. You know. But but yeah. But, yeah. They, you know. I give credit to them. I mean, it was a serious. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was a serious it was a serious purging of the soul that was going on, you know? It really, really was. Yeah, um, yeah it was powerful. And to so see and, and and it caught the attention, you know. Let's 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 just take it to the mm-hmm. next phase. It caught the attention of the whole nation and uh and I remember congratulating you after uh Nightline picked up your story <laughs> mm-hmm. and covered that movement and the numbers, the massive numbers of people <laughs> who, again, taking your advice and your guidance to tell their own story and to bear their soul about their own participation 
in white supremacy was very, very powerful, man. And, um, you know, that was a beautiful segment to see. And Nightline's always been one of my favorite shows. So, you know, you really knocked it out of the park if you got on Nightline. But, uh, oh, man. But that was, well, I was, that was nervous powerful. as hell. And, and, yeah. And I had Byron Pitts interview me on ABC, and he scared the hell out of me when he came in. And, Byron, I'm not cutting you down, man. You're my brother. But when he came into my house yeah. to interview me, he went straight to – he did not acknowledge me. He went straight to the bathroom, and he came down, and he sat down. I don't even think he said hi. He just said, listen, I'm going to ask you some questions, and I may interrupt you. And I was like, uh, hold on, man. And he's like, no, we don't have time. And he turned on the camera, and he started, and I was like, oh, my God. I just I felt like, you know, because he's such an investigative reporter, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was yeah. – they just had me outside in the hot sun, and I'd asked them, please let me cool down. I'm sweating. I'm red. And it's summertime, and they would not. And so I'm blood red, if you see the interview with him, Aaron Pitts. I'm oh, blood yeah. red. I'm sweating. But it turned out to be, you know, a pretty positive interview. And uh, Byron Pitts was really, really a great guy. I got to know him a little bit after that. And he's such a, just a genuine fellow. And it turned out to be a positive, yeah. you know. But I was so incredibly nervous, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, he's pretty hardcore, man. I just remember he that. For it. I mean, man, he is. Yeah, yeah, he is, man. He yeah, is he's good. good. Yeah. No wiggle he room. He scared the hell out of me that day. Right. Nope. <laughs> That's right. Well, you. Well, you fared well, man. That was a 15-round bout, and you made it all th through all 15 rounds. So that was a good thing. Because he's a tough one, boy. He's a tough one. No doubt. Yeah, he is. No but, doubt. Uh, yeah. It was, a, it was a good interview. Yeah. So, yeah, you've done that. And then I recall that uh, the Tribeca Film Festival also, you caught the attention mm -hmm. of them for shaking it up, man, for social justice and mm -hmm. They awarded you with the, uh, what was that, the um, Disruptor Disruptors Award. award. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. that uh, because we know about the Nightline thing, but that Disruptor Award might yeah. fall under the radar a little bit. But, yeah, talk about that a little bit, yeah. your experience with that. Um, well, you know, they, they contacted me, and uh, there's some great people there, by the way, and the, the founders of the, the Disruptor Award at Tribeca Film Festival really really great people and a lot of the recipients uh you know the, the people that have been awarded to do so many amazing things so i was just like shocked that they wanted to you know have me come and give a speech and so i flew up to new york and i gave a speech and they actually asked me to do it with the uh the redneck accent that i used in the first video and the reason i did the accent in the first video was based on a character i wanted to do uh and I decided to do it as an anti-racist, but the character I originally wanted to do was a racist. I did have the heart to put that mm. kind of character out. I was going to use it, but anyhow, I used it as an anti-racist character, but I just I didn't feel comfortable continuing the accent. And they had asked me to give a speech doing the accent because that's what people knew me from, but I just I couldn't do it, you know. So I felt like I kind of let them down. But I just went out and answered a few questions, and but I was very honored, you know, and uh, surprised. So. Yeah. It's a good experience. Well, that's awesome. Well, you know, it, it's a wonderful example that when you follow your heart, when you follow your heart, that other mm -hmm. people can notice that it can resonate to the hearts of others mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and sort of take off. And, and I would certainly think that your actions and your commitment to this truth and bringing truth to, uh, to, to people's hearts also – 
it's very, very important, man. Um, and, you know, that's why I love you, man, because it's all heart. I mean, I, I understand well, what it is and what is driving that is truly compassionate uh, and, and honor, well, you know, connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and creativity, well, you're, you're leveraging your creativity to deliver that message. And those are my mantras, creativity, connection, compassion. I'm done right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, that means true. a lot. So Well, man, you know, I have, I have mixed work. feelings, man. I, I don't, uh, well, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't, I, don't, um, I don't see it as anything amazing. I just think I've said the same thing y'all have been saying, except for I got attention because I'm white. So, you know, I don't look at it as special or, or anything like that. I just, you know, just see myself as doing my part as a white guy. I'm only saying what's decent. I'm only saying what should be normal because it's the truth, you know. So I don't but see it we, that way, but I appreciate act, the when, kind words, you know. Yeah, well, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to blow smoke, man. It, it, the truth is. Yeah, no, I know, I know, do, I know, but I just don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we do that, though, I mean, it, 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 that's the most powerful thing in the world. You, you know what I mean? When we come from the heart, you know, right. the heart knows what right. the head's trying to figure out. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. So when Absolutely. we act from our heart compassionately, man, people feel mm-hmm. that. And I think mm-hmm. that that's what well, has happened is we become desensitized to, to desensitized mm-hmm. to many things. Well, the problem, it's important that, the problem that – absolutely, but I want to say this. The problem that I have with it is that there are tons, thousands of black people with voices, just like mine, just as passionate, that are silenced because of racism, that are not heard by the masses of people in America. And that is what pisses me off, and that's what seems unfair to me. Uh, and that's one reason that I do this, so that all voices can be heard. Do my little part in the world so that hopefully all voices can be heard. Because there's so much creativity and so much talent and beautiful passion in this world from black and brown folks that's not being utilized because of racism. And, you know, it's exactly, mm-hmm. and that's why some black people get mad at me because I've got so much attention. And I understand that. You know, and they're right. Why should I get so much attention when there are people that are that are black and brown, the same voice, smarter than me, more talented than me, and they're not getting the attention? So it's a valid hmm. point. Yeah, yeah. But you know, and 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 understandably so. I mean, I could certainly see why some mm-hmm. people might, you know, uh, be somewhat envious of that opportunity when it's like, hey, man, I've been saying mm-hmm. it my whole life. Absolutely. Uh, and I can't get the time of day. Exactly. But white boy steps out here, and all of a sudden it's like, damn, right. that's amazing. Right. I, I understand. And I haven't I understand. said anything that they haven't said. <laughs> you see what I'm right. 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 No, I understand. I understand. But, you know, but but let's take a look at all the changes that have started to happen in, in – uh, you know, little shifts, little shifts, like what was it, the yeah. uh, Washington football, Washington Redskins football team, changing their mm-hmm. name. I mean, li- just looking at these these shifts that even corporate sponsors are starting to step behind and say, mm-hmm. you know what, <laughs> we need to to be mindful of this. Um, and I still believe these are symbolic gestures, too. At the end of the day, exactly. um, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily putting any any uh, – any any money where that is, you know, um, and and that wealth gap is greater yep. than ever before. So the substantive exactly. issues really still haven't been dealt with, uh, as we you know uh-huh. put up a monument or paint a street, which is nothing more uh-huh. than you know uh, liberating you know the the uh, the diner or the the bus 
sitting at the back of the bus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Luther King certainly right. put his hand on the button when he identified that it was really the wealth and the issue of that. It's not an issue about having a job. Black slaves had a job. <laughs> so it's never about jobs. Yeah. It's the fact that you can't no, sustain and that you don't are yeah. not. Exactly. Ec- mm-hmm. Economics. And, um, so mm-hmm. it's a much bigger issue, particularly when, you know, black people were the ones who, you know, built the economic in the United States largely. I mean, the entire mm-hmm. economic system was on the backs of these black people. They built the White House. Mm-hmm. So, you know, <laughs> yep. so yeah, it's very powerful stuff, man. So again, I am encouraged, Dixon. I am encouraged amidst all Good. of the crazy. I am indeed encouraged that as sure as we can continue having conversations like this and people are listening and people feel something stir within themselves that will allow them to take some sort of action and make a positive difference in this world, just like you, uh, you know, uh, man, I'm hopeful mm-hmm. that we can get through this together. You know, I really am. Yeah, man. I, well, it's good to hear some optimism. <laughs> I think I tend to be more pessimistic, but I I really am glad to hear it, man. <laughs> Good to hear. Maybe I hope you're right. You know, I you hope know you're right. well, w- w- without hope, I don't have much of anything, right? I mean, I feel you, I just man. I feel you, man. What do we do? Yeah. Just hold hands and mm-hmm. jump into the you know Grand Canyon together or something. So, man, <laughs> I want to say thank you. <laughs> you know, we could do Kumbaya while we're doing it, but um, exactly, I want to yeah. thank you. Dixon, for giving of your time, giving of your talents, giving of your your soul. I know that you are going through some uh, personal issue right now, and so I'm even all the more grateful that you've carved out the time to be with us and to join me on my very first uh, radio show of Bill Myers Inspires. You know I've been wanting to do this for about 10 years, and you know that. Um, we talked <laughs> about that some time ago. And so I'm grateful yeah, to... The Inspired Choices Network, once again, for welcoming me as a host onto this network. And I'm glad to share my first show with you, Dixon. Man, thank you well, so much. It's been an honor, man. And, and thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So, again, you are listening to Bill Myers Inspires on the Inspired Choices Network. We are here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please spread the word and tell your friends. And we're going to have lively conversations like this as we tackle all of the things that sort of uh, upset us in this world. And we're trying to make a difference. So please. Thank you for spending your afternoon right here. Thank you for being with us. Goodbye. Remember, we're here every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Inspired Choices Network. Remember to take time this week to take a breath and look within yourself and figure out how you can make a positive difference in this world. Spread the word, and we'll see you here next Friday.